0: if someone is willing to talk to you about it try to be open enough to talk about it because maybe that person needs it maybe they either are going through it themselves or worried they're gonna go through it just try and be there for everyone (laughs) willing to let you be there
1: Huge thanks to all the attempt survivors who have joined me here on the podcast since we launched in July of 2020. And of course, to everybody who listens, I really appreciate it. If you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to talk, please reach out. Hello at suicidenoted.com, on Facebook or Twitter, at Suicide Noted. And there are a couple of other ways you can reach out to us. I will put that information in in the show notes, as well as ways in which you can support the podcast. However you decide to participate, we do very much appreciate it. So thank you. And finally, we are talking about suicide, as the title suggests on this podcast. Keep that in mind before or as you listen. I do hope you listen, because there is so much to learn. Today I am talking with Evan. Evan lives in Maine, and he is a suicide attempt survivor. Hey, Evan. So thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. I really do. Yeah. It's not super hard these days for me to get people or find people who are willing to talk, but there's still, there's so much stigma and shame and all that other shit around it. So yeah, I know it doesn't help. Here's the thing. I know people typically put the word suicide somewhere to search for something and then they stumble across this podcast. So what may I ask Was going through your mind when you did that?
0: Well, it was kind of funny because when Ryan ended up telling me about it, he has no idea that I'm even doing this. We had been talking for a while and we have this big group of friends where at first it started as game night on every Sunday, but then it turned into therapy night where we just started talking. (laughs) So it was one of those things where I was like, yeah, you know, a lot of things that we've talked about are things that not really many people do talk about. And I kind of wanted to, I guess, shed light on some of the things that are maybe hard to understand or hard to kind of face and make it a little easier for people to understand. I was like, well, this is a perfect opportunity to kind of share my story and my side of things because everyone with depression is slightly different and everything Mm. affects them differently. So
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there is a tendency, at least in my own experience for people to sort of label things we need words to label things i get why but then oh you battle depression so that means without hearing well yeah but evan's depression doesn't look exactly like sean's depression yeah doesn't look exactly like ryan's you know it's so it's important these conversations at least i think so But then again, I'm the guy I have, I have a podcast about it. So obviously (laughs) I think it's important. Other people like to go gardening, which is great. Gardening's good. (laughs) All right, cool. I'm glad, I'm glad you found it. I'm glad you are open to talking about it. You are presumably a suicide attempt survivor. Yeah. Which means at one point in your life, you tried to kill yourself. Yeah. Is that one time or more than once?
0: It was once, which is another part of the thing I was going to talk about is kind of the after effects usually is why others may have a couple more. (laughs) What do you mean? I'll go in depth later about kind of what happened. But after I kind of came face to face with that, holy shit, I'm going to die if I do this. It just never goes away. And it never really, well, let's put it. So me and my mom were talking and I kind of explained kind of what generally happened to her. And she said, she kind of, understands cuz she's been through it and for context ever since i was little she said that the scars on her arm were because she was dumb when she was a kid and was getting scraped up by razor wire or whatever and she used to cut herself and she used to you know have a lot of those feelings so she understood and when she what she told me was it's kind of like smoking a cigarette cuz she smokes so when you stop smoking that feeling of wanting a cigarette never goes away you're always eventually going to be like, damn, I wish I could, I kind of want to do that again. Sometimes it'll just pop up. Hey, you remember that time that that thing happened? Yeah, well, and kind of slip back into it. So.
1: And so for you, the feeling of, I don't know what the right words are, but at least thinking about suicide never entirely go away and haven't gone away since that experience. Yeah. Before we get into the attempt, can you share what, Like, when did you, if you can recall, when you first started to even entertain the idea of this, even if it was more existential angst?
0: From a really young age, I was bouncing between houses. I went from being with my mom and dad to with my grandparents. And then my mom and dad got a divorce. And that was all when I was like four and like younger. So a lot of a lot happened. I just don't know. and can't remember. I was only told, but I was moving a lot. And with different people kind of all the time, I started to settle down into a house with my dad and my stepmom. Well, she wasn't really my stepmom. They weren't married, but they started dating. And that's when I finally kind of went into the school system and started Mm -hmm. going to school, which kind of helped because after moving that many times, I remember going to school and kind of being like, hey, there's other people out here. There's, you know, things that I can do. And It was kind of weird because it never really ended up being like, hey, these are going to be my friends. It was more these are people I can talk to. And I didn't really understand friends, I guess, because I just, you know, it's hard when you're moving all the time. And my mom and dad never really had people over and we never had even sometimes family over. I was always sent to the family's house to go stay with him for a week or two. So I never understood like visiting people or seeing people. And that kind of led up to like middle school even too. I finally started getting like a group of friends together and kind of creating my own idea of friends. And we developed our own little, you know, I guess people, (laughs) our own little group. It didn't really strike me until one of my birthdays, I invited a bunch of people to come over and only one of them came. Cause everyone else didn't. So that was like my first time realizing that, wow, this world is not, you know, how you think it is. No one came except for one friend and his name was Nathan. He was a really, a really good friend. And I still talk to him here every now and again, but it's just ever since then, I kind of thought I understood the, this is a best friend. This is someone who's going to be there. This is someone who's going to.
1: Chances are, you will never forget that feeling no <laughs> that, it's, it's it's wow it's like those things that happen often when we're young right yeah they're like wow they just almost seem to leave an imprint
0: yeah i remember going over to his house and that night and we brought the cake that was made and we brought it over and we just started eating it and we we're playing games and that was like the first time i also started actually playing video games as well really getting into them because i think we played minecraft for like 10 hours and just talked and played and ate cake. I mean, at the time, that was the best thing I could do. And now I'm actually going to move forward into middle school. I have never had a friend over. I had never understood kind of friends to come over on the weekend or after school and hang out. That's how it was for elementary. That was middle and almost all of high school. In middle school, I just, at the time, I, you know, sometimes on like a break, like a week break, I'd be like, hey, can I go and see, you know, so-and-so and And find out. would be like, yeah, sure. And like, my parents were never against me going out and doing things. I just never understood that I could even ask. And that was a thing that could happen. So I just, I didn't understand a lot. And it made it really hard because I'd sit home all day, and either play with Legos or sit there and play on the iPad or, you know, just trying to do my own thing. And sometimes it wasn't always the best. What made it even worse is when my dad and stepmom ended up breaking up mm-hmm. and they broke up and we moved out again. When we moved out, I was like, well, how are we going to be able to go to the same school? Luckily, we were able to, up until another stepmom came into place and she ended up being my dad's wife for a while. Mm-hmm. We were in an apartment in Levant for a while and I was still able to go to the same school, same friends. But then probably about seventh grade, we moved into Glenburn, which was horrible because we had moved again and we knew school, new people. I had to kind of relearn how that school works and getting used to those times and Because I had to get up at a different time, it was just—it was a huge mess. But the worst part was the fact that we lived off the grid. It wasn't just off the grid; we were living in a thirty-two by twelve little shack. (laughs) I guess you could call it the best thing. Everything was lofted. My loft was right below or above my dad and stepmom's bed. We'd get hot up there. We'd be sweating. We—I literally some nights was face to face with the ceiling. I remember some nights I just wanted to go outside and just open up the door and just let a nice gust of cold air come in. We also ended up getting farm animals like pigs. Uh, We had goats, ducks, chickens, rabbits. And so that was a whole new aspect of, okay. well, now I got to take on this responsibility. So kind of leading up to this, it was just a lot of trying to understand everything as well as Slowly adding on responsibilities because parents would go out for a couple hours, and I'd have to watch my sister and make sure she had food and make sure you know she's happy and we're playing games and stuff. So I spent a lot of time with my sister who was at the house, and it just it made it really hard to kind of understand everything. I don't, I don't know that feeling of people leaving and me having to take care of something.
1: And how is all of that connected to? this stuff around. I think the original question was about ideation or thinking about suicide.
0: Yeah. And so it ended up really coming around to the point when um, I'm going to step back for just a second. Back in when we were living in the Levant apartments, I was sexually assaulted and it made it even harder to understand things. But then when we had moved out into the Carmel house and then even into the Glenburn house is really when it started to hit me. Someone at our school got reprimanded for sexually assaulting some of the students that was a huge kind of holy shit okay what happened was not okay and I started realizing some of the shit that happened was not fun either and so a lot of the sexual assault came back and started really hurting (laughs) on top of each night being sweating balls literally (laughs) and being hot and having to take care and just everything piling on it just Caused me to go into this kind of state where I really didn't want to deal with anything and didn't want to, I just wasn't content no matter what I tried. And that's the other hard part is the fact that I guess when I was in that state, I tried so hard to go up and be happy and be at least content with things. But then when life kept slapping me in the face, I just kind of seemed like I was making no progress and kind of the only progression was down. When I kind of came face to face with that. I ended up going outside one night and just kind of sitting there for a little bit. And it was probably like October. So it was a little chilly out. I remember I had previously tied some ropes together. We just we had this really big tree that was along the path up to the house because we had to park our car kind of far away and then walk to the little shed. I remember... Kind of just sitting on the porch for a little bit, just kind of taking in the nice cold air and sky wide open with stars. It was, I I just, I was looking up for a while until I was like, damn, I really have, you know, kind of a different idea in mind. I got up and started walking over to the tree and I kind of tossed the rope up and over. And it was kind of funny because at first I was struggling to even try and get the knot to stay there. And so I'm just kind of sitting there getting more and more frustrated with myself to the point where I decided that, okay, you know, what, <laughs> I'm tired of this. I, I don't know if I can even do this at this point. I'm just, there's so much going on. Like, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I even doing this? And so I, lo- I went and sat back down and I shouldn't have, because I should have gone on like a walk or something. Cause when, as soon as I started sitting down, I started thinking about why I was depressed, which made me want to do it even more. Mm. So I literally had a back and forth moment where I got up, walked over, said, "What the fuck am I doing?" Sat down. All of the emotions came back, and I was like, "Okay, I have to." There's literally, what am I doing? And got back up. Um, there was a stump that I ended up using to kind of help myself up, and it rolled off. I had fallen down and you know sitting there hanging and. You know, I've actually never had to explain this in depth. This is kind of, it's kind of (laughs) good.
1: Is it? It's okay? Uh,
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's actually, it feels good to let, you know, everyone know kind of how scary it can be.
1: So just back up for one second and I want to hear more. Yeah. Have you ever shared this with anyone?
0: No, I've never shared this part.
1: Including your mom.
0: Yeah. I haven't actually gone in depth about this before. I've told her in general that I've wanted to and that I've tried. Mm -hmm. So she doesn't even know. And like, even my girlfriend right now doesn't even know. She knows I'm doing this, but she has no clue about any of this. So I just. She's yeah. going to know. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> that's maybe why I think that's one of the reasons among among probably several people do this is like, I want to let people know about it, but it's really uncomfortable to do that in my living room or at a yeah. cafe. So maybe this might be a better way, which. OK, I'm glad it's here. All right. So if the, the moment we sort of diverged you were the stump was rolling right
0: yeah it ended up rolling and i was sitting there for a good probably at least 15 seconds kind of trying to gasp for air i was i was very very scared
1: you were hanging i, I was you, hanging. the rope was around your neck you were dangling in the air for lack of a better word yeah and the tree the branches is from a, on a tree right yeah. The branch doesn't break. So you are going to die.
0: I, I was going to, <laughs> except the, the branch that I tied it to was not very. Uh, if i it was chosen a different branch, it would have. But that branch, I started like grabbing it and trying to shake it and trying to, you know, pull until that branch ended up snapping and we both came crashing down and it fell on me. That, that moment after, I felt like an absolute dumbass and was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, seriously, again, what am I even doing? That was one of the nights where actually my dad and stepmom ended up leaving, which is another reason. <laughs> I just, you know, didn't want to and just get it done and over with because they would be back in the morning. So I ended up coming crashing down and I remember just kind of looking back up at the tree for a moment just seeing kind of visualizing what I was doing and kind of seeing the result of it, I just kind of laid there for a minute. And, you know, I I got a sweatshirt on, so I'm not terribly cold. And I'm just kind of looking around. And I just started kind of taking in more of the sounds and the scenery of everything, Mm. which is really what hit me. And I just started crying because I just, (laughs) I was scared. I was in pain because of the branch falling on me. It was just a kind of a beautiful thing to hear, you know, the pigs and kind of hearing the crickets and hearing the coyotes and hearing all these different noises that were kind of just beautiful. Actually, that was the first time I also ever saw an owl, which was kind of cool. (laughs) The house. I remember that very vividly.
1: (laughs) I was a fucking scary man.
0: Oh, yeah. Howls are scary. They uh, yeah, <laughs> watch the entire thing happen. I-, I have no clue, though. So I just remember seeing it after just kind of sitting up on a tree behind the house. After that, I kind of and taking in everything I got up kind of went inside the house, I guess you can say. And when you walk in, there's just this little stool with a little table in front of it for our dining area, I guess you could say I on the stool and kind of looked out the window. And I I remember for probably an hour and a half-ish, I just lifted open the window and just sat there listening to everything. Mm -hmm. And I remember my little sister coming out. And this is what really hurt, is when she came out, she asked me what that noise was. And I was not going to tell her. (laughs) She, At the time, she was, I think, three or four. So I, you know, I didn't want to have that conversation. (laughs) But she came up to me and was like, what was that noise? And I was like, yeah, it's just you know the
1: sounds of the you know woods and why didn't you tie to a sturdier tree
0: i i think i was just in the mindset where yeah i just got to get it up i just got to do it and i didn't really think about how sturdy the branch was yeah let's do it i'm just gonna do it and that within itself was scary enough for me to not switch it to a different branch because i it just made it really hard to kind of understand once again everything that was going on It it scared me of even wanting to try again, but it still entertains a different way.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. All right. So since then, it's been about eight years, if my math is correct, seven, eight years. Yeah. I know that trying to describe one's life is really difficult. Has your life gotten better? In
0: general, yes. I'd say probably the same, but different problems that I'm dealing with and I'm learning how to deal with. Like now, I've got to move out, and I've got you know a bunch of other adult things to do that I didn't have to deal with. But now I have to move out, and it's that thought of okay, I got to move again, and I got to kind of restart. But this time, I don't have school. I don't have to <laughs> switch schools or change friends because I have my friends, and um, I understand a lot more. And it kind of helps me through it because I understand, and I can kind of go in with logic <laughs> and be like yeah so we can figure out this problem by doing x y and z instead of branch a so other times it does get hard because i just you know wanna go back to that but i know it's not you know the correct thing to do and i know i've got stuff to to do and i'd like to go and do some things
1: how close have you gotten from 2014 till this moment have you gotten to the point where you were close and you said, nah, or, or has it been sort of a little safer distance from that?
0: I, I have gotten close a mm-hmm. couple times, but nothing super serious. Like I have a bunch of blades that I have and I could easily, you know, do whatever I want with them. But I am personally scared of knives, like holding it and dropping it. I, I freak mm-hmm. out. I don't want to, I have a butterfly knife that I play with and I'm scared that I'm going to drop it, but I'm fidgety. So I like it. But there was one night where I was playing with it and it fell and cut my foot open. And I was, I was bleeding pretty good, but I ended up patching it up and getting it fixed. And I was like, okay, fuck knives. I am <laughs> I haven't actually played with it since. So I am very hesitant, I guess, like cause I played with it for a while until that happened. And ever since then I'm like, I'm not going to play with it as much. So
1: One last quick question about that particular night. What I wasn't clear on is it sounded like in 2014, you wanted to die more than live that night. You wanted to, you know, I don't know if it's, is it just flat out, I don't want to live? Sounds like there's some conflict, right? When you've got the noose around your neck and you're hanging, is it just a natural impulse that you think most people do to try to not die? Or were you like, fuck this, what did I do?
0: It was kind of a mixture of both. At first, I was kind of, you know, struggling at my neck. And I was like, okay, this is serious. And I started actually reaching up and trying to grab the slidey part of it and Mm. trying to pull it up in a way. But because there was so much, you know, pulling down, I ended up like trying to get both hands up there. And I I was terrified. (laughs) I in that moment, it was just pure terror, Mm. because I wanted to just, I I got myself into it. And like I said, at first I was like, okay, yeah, this is okay. This I can't do this. And then after I was like, what the fuck am I doing? I need to, I, I need to get out. And I started panicking, which made it, ended up making it worse, but I panicked. And I think if I didn't panic, something would have happened. <laughs> so I wouldn't have been able to shake enough to break the branch or, you know, be as vigorous and get out of it as I did. But I remember because also when I hit the ground, I ended up trying to get it off the branch and I couldn't. So then I tried, I just slid it and the entire, like it was rug burn. It was, it hurt like hell.
1: Wow. Do you have scars?
0: Um, not that I know of. I don't, I've actually never truly looked. I don't think so. I'm not sure.
1: So it sounds like, and I could be way off here. You wanted to live a little more than you wanted to die. If we had to choose, I don't know if that's fair.
0: Yeah, I didn't have the balls to go through with it. Yeah, that's truly it. I felt like there was a little more because I have all of my siblings. It didn't hit me until I got inside and started talking to her. But I kind of realized, yeah, damn, I have a sibling that I love. And Mm -hmm. what if I didn't go back in? What if I was just there? And she's like, what's that noise, you know? And knowing that hurts because it would have left my sister there that night alone with, you know, her brother outside and the parents would have come home.
1: And if you think that your friends not coming over, except for Nathan, left an imprint on you, that shit would leave a major imprint on your little sister. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, let's be realistic. Let's be honest about it because I usually, I don't know, I get somewhat opinionated. But it definitely scars people. No question. Mm-hmm.
0: You know? It, it, it does. And I actually didn't think about that till now. But, I mean, probably somewhere in the back of my head, I was thinking that. Kind of, oh, I can't leave someone again. But I didn't think about that till now. I was like, major kind of coincidence, I guess. It, not coincidence, but it's just, I don't know. It's...
1: So you go back to your life. Nobody knows. Your mom doesn't know. Nobody in that home knows. Nathan doesn't know counselors don't know your favorite teacher doesn't know no do you go to a a therapist counselor probably you do
0: i've been in therapy for four years (laughs) so you didn't Um, go
1: right away you were a teenager when you went into therapy
0: and that was the next hardest part of my life because um because of everything with the sexual assault i never talked to anyone about it i never anything i started inflicting some things And which made it even harder because then Mm -hmm. finally the parents are like, all right, nope, we just found out enough is enough. And I was pulled out of the house and immediately put into therapy. Mm -hmm. When I was, it took me like a month before I really wanted to talk to the therapist, kind of another trust issue, kind of seeing a new person again and trying to tell them all of these things that have happened. And I, I told them what had happened to me first and then after I told him that, you know, I've been very depressed and, you know, I've, I, I, but I've never flat out told him all of this. He, he doesn't know about the attempt. He knows that I have, but he doesn't know how. And so ever since four years ago, when I started therapy, it has slowly been getting better because I have built that relationship with that person to talk to about everything. Like, I remember even talking to him about a dream I had. I was like, okay, I was just a little scared about this dream. And it was. It was just about something about like moving and losing something and losing like a family member or something. But I was you know, scared about something and I went and told him, and it just kind of, you know, manifested this trust between me and him that we still have and actually works very, very well to talk about things. But I don't think I've ever even had the idea of explaining kind of my attempt and a deeper meaning or a manner. Then when I heard Ryan's and mm. I found out what this podcast was about, I was like, you know what? I haven't. So it's going to probably be very good to just finally let that off my chest so it's not there. Because I do think about it every now and again. Because it's it, like I said, it just never goes away. That mm. cold feeling never goes away. So,
1: yeah. Question for you and perhaps... Your therapist? Yeah. Four years of therapy. He's never asked you any details about that day?
0: No. Um, He likes to let me go at my own pace. So if I want to tell him, I can. And sure. if not, he doesn't. If it's not crucial to my therapy process, he doesn't want to force it.
1: Sure. So Makes sense. All right. And yeah. And you know what? I think about that too sometimes. And obviously, I'm just a, a bald guy in North Carolina. I'm not a therapist or a counselor. That's not our relationship. Yeah. Um, I do tend to go towards the um, some details. And yeah, sometimes I'm like, wait, does this even matter? Really? Like, isn't it enough that they they attempted? Does it matter that I need to know how and the moments? And I I think about that sometimes. So, yeah,
0: I will. I will admit sometimes it is good to explain all of that. Like I said, I actually started getting a little emotional through it, but I was able to keep Mm. my cool kind (laughs) of thought about it for a while. And it's been a long time. It it is good to finally let something off your chest and let you, you know, kind of yeah i mean (laughs) general feeling off so
1: have you gotten a diagnosis you agree with
0: yes i've gotten um ptsd depression and anxiety Mm -hmm. on top of my adhd (laughs) so it's not like i'm very fidgety and i do like to play with things which is why i started playing with the butterfly knife but you know so sometimes those all mesh together as well which is Mm -hmm. not fun Like last night, um, I went to go see Jeff Dunham. I'll admit it was fun. But then, you know, at one point, my anxiety was like, there's so many people and there's a lot of noises. And so I kind of sat back for a minute and I kind of lost that kind of enjoyment of that part just because I was in a state of anxiety and kind of there's a lot of going on. And sometimes it does take effect when you have depression because you start thinking differently. And you start thinking, you know, what can I do to just end it? And then anxiety kicks in and it's like, oh my God, if I do this, this is going to happen. And if this happens and that happens and it it makes it hard sometimes. So
1: Yeah. It's one of the hardest things in the world to try to convey experience. Yeah. Straightforward. I had a great time. I had a terrible time. She's amazing. He's terrible. Yeah, Like most of life isn't that it's complicated and a little messy and this kind of, yeah, it's tricky.
0: It's also me and my friend were talking about how, have you ever had that feeling where you don't want to eat something because you're upset about something that had happened? Like you just lost a family member or you just had a really bad day and you just, you don't want to eat as well. That's actually kind of what I went through for a little while is I had that feeling all day. So I wouldn't Mm -hmm. eat. It wasn't that I didn't want to eat. It's the fact that I just didn't feel like I wanted to. I didn't feel hungry. I guess you could say it was anorexia, but I, I don't really think it was. Um, my therapist never said that it was, but it was something like that for a little while. And sometimes I still get those thoughts. So even like depression can morph kind of how you are as a person and how you go through your daily you know, life with it. So it, it does make it hard sometimes because it also you start picking up on small little things with depression, I guess. Because, like for example, at work, I, I'm new, and so I was help, trying to help someone else who was new, but um, I had been there a little longer, so I was kind of showing her something. And then another coworker came over and told me, "No, don't do that." And I don't know what um, the supervisor has in mind. Just let's not do that, and let's not you know push her learning or her training further than she knows. It's like, all right, whatever. Then someone came up to me and told me like, or it was actually my supervisor's supervisor, not manager, but um, she comes over and goes, Hey, did someone tell you not to help? And I was like, yeah. And she goes, well, you don't listen to her. You do you and you just do your own thing. Keep helping people. And when she said that it kind of took me back for a minute and it wasn't like, cause I told my friend and she's like, well, in that situation, yeah, I kind of gone throughout my day but with depression as soon as she said that and i'm not saying this is because of depression i'm just saying it's probably another thing that doesn't help the little things like that sentence when she said that it hit a little closer to home than she thought and i could have gone the rest of my day just thinking yep you know i shouldn't listen to her i just got to help you know everyone in in here but then you know i go home and i started thinking about it and i've wanted to do a panel for sexual abuse And I'm on this podcast for suicide. And Mm. so I'm trying to do every little thing that I can to help people. And when she said Mm. that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep helping people. I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep doing the things that I want to do and not let anyone kind of stop me. So, Mm. which does bring back a lot of that control that I lost as a child, which kind of helps kind of retaking a lot of things that I haven't had for a while.
1: Yeah yeah do you think you'll try again
0: most likely i will say most likely because as of right now grandparents are divorced they're in the process of divorcing trying to sell the house i've got to move out so a lot of things right now are taking effect it 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 is hard right now because a lot of things are going on a lot of new things i i i assume eventually i will entertain the thought of trying in some other form or manner, because I'm not doing that again.
1: Are you as part of your treatment on medication?
0: No, I refuse to be on meds. So
1: nobody knows until today, or at least when this comes out. Well, a few people know. Oh, Actually, nobody knows. You're right. Some people know some stuff, it sounds like.
0: Yeah, because the running joke, I guess, with my friends is that it was too cold that night for me to do it, which is kind of a running joke. It's So it comes up sometimes, but it's not Mm. in depth. They have no clue that I've actually tried that night. So it might switch a little bit.
1: (laughs) Are you worried or some other thing like worried or insert another word there for when they hear this and how they might respond?
0: I feel like there's going to be a lot of questions and maybe a couple. What the fuck? Why didn't you tell me? But at the same time, I think it's going to be more people understanding like, okay, he's finally, this is off his chest. He finally, and maybe they will have questions. And I hope they, you know, want to come over and ask, and talk about it. Cause I'm, like I said, open to talking. So
1: does, so when you're feeling shitty, no meds, does anything help?
0: That's actually something else that me and my friend were talking about. Sometimes I, I have a lawn board. So I'll, in the summer, I'll go outside or bike or walk or have friends over, do something but recently I kind of went into this dip where um, I have my med card and I've been taking edibles. I realized that it's not that I'm not happy. It's the fact that it just, I don't get that fun and I don't feel fun or I don't feel content as long. So when I'm high, you know, I'm laughing at things. I'm, you know, having a good time with my friends or, you know, me and my friends will send videos of each other kind of back and forth. And that's how we talk. I realized that lately that has taken a big effect because I've, um, and it's the idea that you can't get addicted to weed, but you can get addicted to the feeling that you have to replace what you don't. Mm. And that, when I realized that, that really hurt. And I actually started crying in a video that I sent to my friend after I said that. So I had a realization (laughs) with her. And so we kind of talked about it for a little while.
1: How many people do you have in your life to talk to about difficult things?
0: Quite a few. I definitely have my girlfriend. I've got five, six friends at least. I could probably, and and, you know, it's hard because of my work schedule. So it might be hard sometimes, but I can usually send a text and they'll usually get back to me within a day at least, if not earlier. So I do have people I can definitely reach out to. Mainly my therapist is the one that I go to for everything.
1: Yeah. What kind of work are you doing?
0: Uh, I work at a hospital. I'm a medical lab assistant, so I take in blood, shit, and piss, and <laughs> and do tests on it. So
1: college? No college.
0: No college, but they are pushing me to do college so I can go into a deeper field and work with them. So I was thinking about possibly chemistry or microbiology, something like that. So cool. Yeah.
1: Is that the same hospital that Mr. Ryan works at?
0: Yes, actually, yeah. That was another thing we were talking about too. So,
1: and your girlfriend—is she going to be finding out some things about her boyfriend that she didn't know before when this comes out?
0: Yeah, and I hope she doesn't get upset with me. <laughs> but she knows she does know that a lot has been going on, and she does know that you know a lot is changing. And we're we don't live in the same place right now. She's with her mom and her her parents, and I'm with my grandmother right mm. now.
1: Why do you live with your grandma and you're not your mom?
0: When my mom and dad divorced, my mom took me, but then my dad took rights of me and took me because my mom was not in a stable home. But then it just kind of continued throughout life that I never went with her. So when we when I was taken out of the house for the sexual abuse, I was removed from my dad and given to my grandmother because at the time my mom had like six kids in the house. The wings are in her house. So it makes it made it hard to... Go over there, and there's a couple other complications with the family matters and other things. So this is like the easiest, safest, and quickest way to get out of that house because it was like five minutes down the road.
1: When people hear this, we don't know who's out there, but there may be a handful of people as we've discussed who you know, and they've you know they've heard some of our stuff, some of our conversation, perhaps all of it. What else would you like them to know? This could be to anybody listening anywhere in the world. Whether it's geared towards people that already know Evan or...
0: Mainly that, you know, if you want to help someone with depression, sometimes Mm. there's no right thing to do and no right thing to really say, which kind of is hard to face at first because I've had friends, you know, go quiet and it kind of feels bad. Mm. But sometimes even just not talking about it and just doing something else helps. The main thing is the fact that, you know, sometimes when we don't really want to talk, sometimes go ahead and push a little bit and kind of, no, I really want to talk right now. And even if it's something, you know, that you're going through, at least for me, and obviously it's not the same with everyone, but for me, um, I've had friends come up to me with things that they're struggling with and me talking to them, I'll realize some things about myself that I said to them that'll help me. So sometimes helping someone else will help me, you know, don't overburden people, Don't you know, explode your whole life on them. But, you know, um, like my mom, she was talking to me one day, we were just generally talking. She didn't kind of realize this, but she, we were talking, she's like, I got this meeting. and I just got to take a bunch of notes and I just, it's going to, it's going to be hard, but I don't know. And I was like, well, I think you got it. It's going to be simple. It's just taking notes is all it is. And so we started talking a little bit and I ended up telling her a couple of things. Like I told her, do you have resources? Is there another person taking notes? Well, no, but I can definitely talk to you. I was like, okay, see, now we also have a person. But then I was like, do I have someone that I could talk to? And kind of, well, do I? And started thinking in a better manner about the problems I was having.
1: Hmm. Do you, is there any myths that you want to, uh, and that could be around ideating, broadly speaking, mental health, sexual assault. There's a lot of stuff there, right? Yeah. Are, are there any that sort of scream at you? Like we gotta, I gotta mention this one.
0: You just can't tell someone to be happy. <laughs> I actually realized that last night after watching Jeff Dunham, I, after it was done, it was done. I didn't have that feeling of excitement. I never once in the show screamed. I was never overexcited. And that might just be me, but I just, I didn't feel happy. And, you know, some people just you can't force someone to feel happy feeling uh, depression isn't just a feeling. It's more of, I'd say, a sickness or, you know, something that is hard to overcome and is more of a mental challenge than a physical challenge sometimes. Mm -hmm. But trying to push through that is definitely, definitely hard. And, you know, you can't just say be happy because that's Mm -hmm. it, it will make it worse. I've had people tell me that and it's like, yeah, oh. I've tried, you know, if mm.
1: I could. I don't want to be the guy who gets on this sort of like, I just feel like the idea that that's the goal, it feels a little bit like our culture is sick. When yeah. that's the sort of default of be happy, be happy, be happy. That feels off to me. That fe- Now maybe I'm just an unhappy, <laughs> middle-aged, curmudgeony guy, but it just feels like, and, I get, and a lot of people don't do that. I get it. But I don't know. Maybe that's a nice byproduct of a meaningful life. But I'm not sure that's the goal. I don't know. What do you think? It's weird.
0: It's definitely weird. It's tough either way. As a <laughs> I
1: hate that fucking word. Like, like I would rather people try to push you or me or, or just in general push people into find something that matters or yeah. find some meaning. Not that that's easy. It's not. Yeah, might be just as difficult. But the idea of... Happy feels a weird, like, I don't know. why I it just feels I get like triggered by it, that shit.
0: Yeah. It kind of, it almost feels derogatory. <laughs> like
1: something about it. Right. I don't know. Right. Why do you need me to be fucking happy?
0: Why should my problems matter to you? Why, why does anything that I'm feeling really matter? And it's not even the fact that it, it just feels like you're questioning me as to whether or not that I can even do this, which kind of makes me feel more shitty about it because I feel like I can't go through it. When someone says, be happy, it kind of puts me in that state of, you know, I've tried. And if you keep telling me, you're going to keep pushing me for something that I just can't reach. So,
1: Right. I mean, I think there's this idea that, like I, like, I haven't thought about that already. That hasn't crossed my mind. The idea that I'd like to be happy, that I need you to remind me. Thank you. Like, yeah. It's hard for me not to be a jerk to that person. And I, I don't want to be. But I'm like, come on, that's strange. I I just have this, perhaps oversensitive. I just don't think you can ever tell people how to feel. Yeah. Now I'm not a dad. Maybe if I was a dad, it might be different. I don't know. You know, I don't know. It's yeah. easy. And I'm just a single guy, and I'm blah blah blah. But just don't tell me how to fucking feel. And if you're <laughs> not, if you're not cool with me having a tough day, all right. But don't. Like, come on, man. Just it, to me, it feels weird. It
0: doesn't make sense why you would even say that. That's the other hard part too. Is when they diagnosed me with depression anxiety and ptsd they questioned why i had ptsd they mm-hmm. knew the story, the general story and they knew the events that led up to it but they didn't want to believe it mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. made it even harder cuz that happens to a lot of people oh why do you have depression and that makes it even worse for that person so if someone does have it accept it you know be there try and be there as much as you can for that person cuz
1: <laughs> it's the sort of sometimes inadvertent invalidating, which happens all the time. Why do you have depression? Why do you have PTSD? Why aren't you happy? All of that, all of that is like absurdly invalidating. Yeah. Excuse me. I don't know if our roles are always to be constantly validating people. I guess there's a sweet spot, but I don't know. Just check yourself, man. I mean, if someone's not feeling well, they're not feeling well and you telling them otherwise does nothing. Why don't you? Consider accepting where they're at and sitting with them.
0: And not be a dick. <laughs> so
1: oh boom. And not be a, I use the word asshole more than dick, but dick is perfect. Yeah. Don't be a dick.com. Let's get the domain.
0: There we go.
1: <laughs> but of course, you know, people who we might call dicks don't think they're being a dick. That's the tricky yeah, yeah. part.
0: Yeah. And that was the other hard part, too, is like my grandmother one day, she's like, we're all depressed. And it's like, but there also is a different level of depression Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. some people don't feel like, yeah, you can feel depressed. And that is a feeling. But then depression is kind of the same thing, except on a way deeper feeling. It's more it affects your body. It affects your brain. It affects your everyday life.
1: And like we said, when we first started talking, it affects people differently. Instead of saying we all have depression, sorry, I'm not picking on your grandmother. That's all right. One way way to know how it, or know a little bit more how it affects you differently than me, differently than her, check this novel idea out, have a conversation about it.
0: Yeah, which is what I'd love to do.
1: (laughs) So if you have a conversation, you might get a little closer to what your experience is like when you use that word. It's not going to happen in a sentence it's not going to happen in a tweet and most of us aren't fucking poets where we can convey our messages so efficiently and our ideas so efficiently it takes some time and it takes a cut i don't know what else maybe different ways of art can convey it but for me a a good conversation is i mean i guess that's why the podcast is what it is right this is what we're doing yeah Yeah. you know when we say don't be a dick though we're kind of being dicks too by doing that right and we're kind of invalidating so it gets tricky
0: yeah it does because
1: they're going through (laughs) their own shit too
0: yeah. And you never truly know what someone's going through until you either experience it yourself or they kind of, what I'm trying to do is kind of show you and explain what I feel and trying to validate myself and my own feelings to someone else.
1: Yeah. The reason why, one of the reasons why I think it's important that people who have attempted talk about it, if they're ready to, if they want to, anything short of that, and this is, maybe I maybe mean, this might be a popular thought sentiment here, People don't quite buy in. Mm -hmm. When you've tried, they're like, oh, fuck, he's serious. Does that make sense? Because otherwise you get comments, well, we all deal with it. And the reason why I want to almost shock people sometimes is, no, it's more than that. Yeah, He he or she actually attempted to end their life. Is that what you need to hear for you to listen now? And that's a really risky thing. That's a dangerous space that the only way... You're going to take this seriously and really listen, is to know. Oh, they tried. Can we can we catch it before they try?
0: Yeah, and that's the other thing that kind of pisses me off sometimes is when we try to catch it. Sometimes some people either are being told that they're using it as attention, or they're attention seeking, or some people do do it for attention, and it, even those can screw up the. Thoughts and ideas around depression. You know, if you're going through it, go through it at your own pace. Talk to who you need to, who you feel comfortable with. You don't need to explain everything, but at least tell someone that you're. About a month ago, I felt that point of, oh shit, I really want to. Like I had the thought of, okay, if I had a gun right now, I totally would. But I knew enough, okay, I'm not, you know, at the point where I have a gun. I'm not at that point. I need to take a step back for a moment. And when I told my therapist, I kind of, if I had a gun, I would, and it wasn't me asking for attention. It was me literally being like, okay, if somehow I find myself with a gun in the next week, I, I, I need help because that is not what I want. If I had a gun in the next week, I would, I need mm. direct help right now. And that's the hard thing to dis- distinguish between when there are people trying to do it for attention. So it definitely does make it hard.
1: Sure. So you're suggesting with the word attention that they're not actually wanting to end their lives, yeah. but I will, can I add something? Cause and it might be a, might be a semantics thing here. Yeah. What's wrong with attention?
0: Yeah. That is the other part that I've also thought about. And sometimes people with depression do need attention. And like I said, it's different for everyone. Some mm. people need that attention to be like, mm-hmm. okay, I do feel like people need me. I do feel like you know people <laughs> are. He-
1: of course, they need it. Yeah, I feel like that's a human need. And just to be clear, I get the I get the the sort of thread or narrative around. Hey, take this seriously. It's not just a cry for help. I'm in pain, and I'm serious, and it's not for attention because that's a conversation that we have a lot on this. I talk to a lot of people about. Yeah, but it also makes me think. Well, maybe. If you're hearing this and there are people in your life who you think need attention, give them some fucking attention. Mm -hmm. It's a human need. And I, I, I don't want to be a jerk about it. And yes, therapy helps. Of course it helps, but we, I do think we tend to, this is my new phrase or expression I use lately, outsource empathy, go over there to do it, go to that person, go to maybe, whether they're a therapist or a friend, not me, I'll offer you a platitude, a solution. Great. But are you going to, maybe I'm getting a little off on our original thought, but yeah, wow. I just think people aren't very good at it. I don't know the answer.
0: And and that is the tough part. And I think that's what people struggle to talk about it. You know, it's just, it is a very heavy topic and a very hard topic to talk about because there's so many different aspects.
1: Let's just talk about Disney World. Hey, how about Mickey Mouse? Yeah, <laughs> Mickey Mouse yeah. and there's, the castle. Yeah. That's cool too, but it's unfortunate that I think so many people seem to have such a tough time having these conversations, but Hey, yeah, you yeah. are, you are. Yeah. And it seems like and you it, might do more of that, which is cool. Is there um anything else you want to share before we get back to our lives?
0: I mean, if someone is willing to talk to you about it, try to be open enough to talk about it because maybe that person needs it. Maybe, you know, they either are going through it themselves or worried they're gonna go through it or so just just try and be there for everyone that is (laughs) willing to let you be there that is the hard part too is well I need to tell this person because then they're gonna take in charge of what that person is doing kind of helping them prevent themselves from killing themselves sometimes that is the answer sometimes it's not that's the hard part, too, is go through resources, go through and talk to people first. There's hotlines out there to talk to people and be like, hey, I have a friend going through this. You know, what should I do? Should I tell someone? Should I not? You know, it's kind of mm-hmm. hard. So definitely be open, willing to try to learn and understand. And hopefully in the end, it'll be OK. That That is the hard part, trying to be content with things. So
1: you bring up a good point that the hotlines are not just for people who in this context are considering suicide, there are hotlines available to people who want to support people. Yeah. And that's another option that you have if you're in a position of support because, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not always an easy thing to figure out and there's no guarantees, but a little support goes a long way. Yeah. Thanks, Mr. Evan in Maine. Uh, Levant, final question because of what you've shared. Uh, do you have a favorite, at least t- today, video game?
0: I do find myself playing Overwatch quite a bit.
1: Overwatch. Know nothing about it, but I'm sure it's fun. All right, right, ma'am, Thank you very much. Hope your day goes well and I'll uh, connect with you soon, ma'am.
0: You too. All
1: right. Take care, Evan. Be well. Bye. As always, thanks so much for listening and all of your support. Special thanks to Evan up in Maine. Thank you, Evan. If you are a suicide attempt survivor and you would like to talk, please reach out. Hello at suicidenoted.com, Facebook or Twitter at Suicide Noted. There are a couple of other ways you can reach us in addition to ways you can support us. And I will put links to how to do those things in the show notes. Thank you for showing up and for helping out and for listening. And that is all for episode number 111. Stay strong. Do the best you can. I'll talk to you soon.